The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, your King, came riding into Jerusalem, humble, mounted on a donkey. That's your King. Is that the King that you want? And your answer, of course, sitting here in church on a Sunday morning, like, well, yeah, that's, yeah, of course, Pastor Mark, that's the king that we want. Is that really the king that you want? Is that really how you want him to act in your life the rest of the week? When you have problems or you have people speaking out against you or you have issues going on at work or a boss that's really tearing you down, making you work long hours, or when your bank account is empty but you have bills to pay, or when your kids are driving you nuts. Is that really the king that you want, humble, riding on a donkey, going to his death in Jerusalem? Our flesh honestly says no. That's not the king we want. And the reason is because that's not the king that we want to be. Our flesh doesn't want to be that king. And so when we start thinking about the way we would rule, and we look at the way Jesus rules, they don't line up. And so we really start having issues, and we really struggle to understand what it meant that Jesus came humbly, that Jesus came on a, riding on a donkey into Jerusalem to go to the cross and die. Because if it was up to us, quite honestly, we would have done what the Israelites in the city wanted. You see, this was causing quite the uproar. Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus had been doing all these wonderful signs and miracles. Jesus had said that he was God. This is causing quite the issue because it's not the way they expected God to come, and it's not what they were looking for in God. He's healing on the Sabbath? How dare you? You're eating with tax collectors and sinners? How dare you? We're trying the best we can to be perfect, and you're just welcoming all these people in, these Gentiles coming into the city? How dare you? That's not our king. That's not our God. You see, in Jerusalem, you had three main groups of Jewish people that were all kind of struggling for what the Messiah should be and how things should happen. You guys know the Pharisees. Keep the law, do everything perfectly, you got to obey God wonderfully. The Messiah will come and become the new King David. You had the Sadducees who were concerned about ruling the temple and keeping the peace with Rome because, well, if we caused an uproar, 
Rome would come in and destroy us. And in order to continue to rule the temple and have our place in this world, we got to keep the peace. And then you had what might call the zealots, the people that were looking for an uprising, that were looking for a new king to come and kick Rome out. So you got a group that wants to appease Rome, a group that wants to kick Rome out, and a group that is worried about obeying the law perfectly, and in the midst comes Jesus. And here he comes riding into Jerusalem like a king. He's coming and he's making it known. He's manifesting himself. He's basically saying, here I am. I am your king. Well, think about those three groups. One goes, yes, see you, Romans. We're about to take over. Get out of here. Another group going, oh, man, oh, no, he's going to cause trouble. The Romans are going to come and kill us and take over. And the other group going, this can't be our king. He's healing on the Sabbath, doing work on the Sabbath. He's eating with sinners. Nobody thought this king was who they wanted to be. You and I are the exact same still today. That's not the king we're looking for. We're not looking for a humble king. We're looking for a mighty, a powerful king. Maybe a king that will give us what our hearts desire, what our flesh wants. Maybe a king that will let us live our life, bless us, and then leave us alone. Not a king that calls us into service. Not a king that calls us to take up our cross and follow him. Not a king that comes and says, you have to suffer and die. Not a king who, as he said in the second gospel reading, if you love your life, you'll give it up. No, 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 that's not the king that I want. If I love my life, I'll have all the wonders of this world at my disposal. If I love my life, I'm going to work hard, make a lot of money, and live a nice, easy life. It's going to be all about pleasure. It's going to be all about what I want to do. I love this life and so I'm going to do everything I can to craft this life and enjoy this life as much as I can. And when this life finally comes to an end, now I'm going to go to heaven. And Jesus says, no, it's not the way it works. If you love your life, you'll give it up because you realize this world has nothing to offer. You'll lay it down and you'll follow Jesus, the path that he walked. Humble servant, giving up this life for others. That's your king, the one who calls you to know to follow him, to give up this life, to say the world and its goods don't mean anything to me. I will trust in God to provide, and I will serve. I will love others. I will give up my wants, my needs to take care of others. And so there comes this king into Jerusalem, and everyone's all excited. And that's why, you know, by Friday morning, Jerusalem is crying, crucify him. You know what he did? You got to understand some Old Testament. He comes in from the east gate. If you know your prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 10, the prophet sees God leaving the temple and leaving by the east gate. Why? Because the temple had become so rotten, soiled, had become filled with worldly things, had become filled with false idols. And so God shows Ezekiel this vision while they're in exile. God shows Ezekiel he's leaving the temple. He's going out the east gate because the temple is dirty and needs to be cleansed. And in Ezekiel, God promises that he will return and cleanse the temple. And you know the story, don't you, of Jesus? He comes in by the east gate. Here comes God who had left the temple here comes God coming back in the same way through the east gate, being hailed as the king, 
Notice they said, even the king of the Jews. He comes in. What's the first thing he does? It wasn't in our gospel. First thing he does, he goes to the temple. And he drives out the money changers. And he overturns the tables. He creates that whip. And he drives out all those that were defiling the temple. He comes back in and he cleanses the temple. But is that the temple that really God is talking about? What did Jesus also say that week? Destroy this temple. He's talking about his body, right? Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. The Sadducees were all concerned about that temple being destroyed, the physical stone building being destroyed. The Pharisees were all concerned about taking care of that physical stone building. And Jesus is saying, That temple is me. I'm the one that comes. I'm the clean one, and I will show you the way. And so he then exits, he goes, we go throughout the rest of Holy Week. We get to the part now where he is being arrested and tried because he dared to say that he was God, because he dared to cause an uproar in the city. All he came to do was serve. But that's not the king this world was looking for. It's not the king that even you and I ultimately desire. But it's the king that you and I need. One who comes humbly to serve you. One who comes to cleanse you, to make you his temple. One who comes to give you his life. And the only way to do that was to take all that makes you defiled upon himself and to give you his spirit. The only way to do that was to go to the cross. And so he walks that path. He goes before the crowd, before Pontius Pilate. He's crucified, suffers, dies. He takes all that defiles us, and he buries it. Then you know the story. Next Sunday, we rejoice because he comes back to life, and he gives us his spirit. That's the rest of Easter, and that's getting to Pentecost when the Spirit is given to us. But for now, you got to stop and ask yourself, is this really the king that you want? And you realize the true answer really is no. It's not the king that my flesh desires. And so we go to God and say, turn us again. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Cleanse this body that I might be your temple. And thank you for going to the cross to suffer and die. That's the king that you have, one who gave up his own life to have you, to be with you, to give you life now and forever. That's the most blessed, wonderful king you could ever imagine, the one who stoops down to wash you and to give you life. That's your king, and that king invites you to join in gathering together to receive his body and blood. That king invites you to join together to hear his word, to be strengthened for this world. He knows That king knows that this world still is filled with sin and pain and suffering. And so he invites you to come out of that world for just a moment. And throughout this week, he invites you to come out of that world again to remind and to give you those blessings again and again on Monday, Thursday, and on Good Friday, and on Easter Sunday, that he might strengthen you, cleanse you, and give you life again and again by giving you his own body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. That is your king. It's not a king you deserved. It's not even a king you wanted. But that's the king that you needed. 
and that's who he came to be. May we rest in that. May we look forward with that all week as we rejoice in our King coming humble and mounted on a donkey. In his name, let us all give thanks and praise. Amen.